El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, I pretty much do the exact same thing. Joining me today, he is my co-host on this podcast, and he's also my co-host on a podcast called You Don't Even Like Sports, and the you in that title refers to him. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff May. Also joining me, you can hear us co-hosting a fantastic podcast on the Unpops Network called Conspiracy the Show from time to time. And if you're not listening to it, hey, it's very mean and hurtful. Ladies and gentlemen, returning champion, Olivia Hydar. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Jeff, yeah. sla- slap yourself in the face. You, no, you I'm not going to do that. I can't. I can't do it. I'm sorry. No self-harm. You could do it. This is a no self-harm podcast now. But it doesn't count for you. Hey, Jeff's here. My co-host, hey, Jeff May. I'm, I am cutting myself, though. Yeah, so it's there's that. How's it going, Jeff? Things are great, Adam. How are things for you? I don't know if things in the history of the world have ever been better, Jeff. Well, you got that. Uh, you don't have any occult blood. That's good. I got no occult blood. I'm I'm back to recording at home, which I am actually kind of relieved about. And we got a fantastic guest today, Olivia Hydar, my co-host on Conspiracy hey, Show. Hey. How's it going? Hello, hello. I'm good. How are you? Oh, as me and Jeff were just talking about, so great. Yeah, no, everything is wonderful, I think, right now. No one has any complaints. I have zero complaints, except about, like, personal stuff. Then it's all the complaints. But, like, worldwide? Yeah. Everything's great. Is it, though? (laughs) Because a lot of people on the world stage, and including in the United States, have some issues with things that are happening on the world stage. Can I say something right now? Yes, please. I don't want to seem callous. Or uncaring, but uh, whiners, the whole lot of them. Yeah. Wow. Just all whiners. I kind of tend to see anyone who complains about anything the American government does as a whiner. I'm very patriotic. Exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. No, no, that's as one should be. You are here. And if you don't like Just it, leave. Too, exactly. T- too much bellyaching. Too much bellyaching all around. <laughs> Imagine country. if this was your first episode of Unpopular. Oh my God. Yeah, if I'm just like, oh, this is a country by men for men. Let's be honest. They're like, my friend said these guys were cool. What's happening? So yeah, somebody said that this was good. They retweeted this this show. Turns out we're not cool. Sorry. Yeah. Today we're going to no. talk about cancel culture and why it's bad. <laughs> Name of this episode's Triggered. Yeah, we're going to talk about how Gina Carano triggered the libs. It's modern McCarthyism is what it is. (laughs) What we're talking about today is a couple of things happening overseas that the United States, people in the United States, the United States media especially, seem to be really upset about. And for good reason, don't get me wrong. The the first one we're going to talk about 
is the plight of a guy named Alexei Navalny, who is a Chinese. No, 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 close. He is Russian. Oh, okay. He is a Putin dissident who you might have heard was poisoned recently and then arrested when he tried to return to Moscow like a real smart guy. Classic. Yeah. Classic election. Basically, just a normal day in Russian politics. It really kind of is. That just, it reminds me, hearing about him getting poisoned, it reminds me of that dude that fucking poisoned himself at the Hague or the UN. Oh, thing. yeah. Who, yeah, who yeah. The, the Ukrainian guy or whatever. That's one of the most amazing videos. Where he's just like, yeah. hold on one second. Truly. Bam, yeah. I'm about to die. And he's like, Later, someone's going to stop me, right? Screwing poison off the. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> you think this is ginseng, don't you? Okay, I'm dead. <laughs> and the other thing we're going to talk about is the military coup in Myanmar where Aung San Suu Kyi has been deposed from power and we're we're all we're super mad about that. Well really by the mad. military. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a we, sure. we see a it's it's funny cuz when we get into this we will be sort of discussing how Myanmar is in a constant state of a military coup. Yeah. yeah. That's their resting heart rate is military coup. Yeah. And if there's one thing Americans hate, it's military coups. That we we, we hate them. Unless you're doing it on our behalf unless yeah unless we we got some unless we get some bananas out of it or whatever the fuck we're doing yeah get some coca-cola factories in somewhere (laughs) unless unless it promotes the cia's drug program or something like that any number of things crack ain't getting on the streets itself you know what i'm talking about (laughs) and here's the thing what happened to both of these people is bad it's not great like you wouldn't cheer for it i mean a subjectively (laughs) you might you might cheer for it also but you also kind of want to tread lightly when you get too excited about these two figures and their place in improving the lives of the citizens of their country because that's kind of what we seem to be implying in both cases is that the people would be better off with these two in power and oh man you have no idea (laughs) you know there's also to this enemy of my enemy idea that a lot of people view and they're like oh well if this person hates the person we don't like they must be great and it's like oh you've never heard of politics before yeah right it's a really precarious situation sometimes and i will add by the way funny i think a good example is people on the left including myself obviously were so so vehemently anti-trump that pretty much anything he did people would complain about it on the left and that would include stuff like pulling troops out of the Middle East. And it's like, we've right. wanted that to happen forever. And now you're yeah. like, no, no, we, we, we should be occupying the Middle East yeah, well, yeah. Oh, for, their, ab- for their own, own good. Yeah. Yeah, now you're abandoning we our s- allies. We wanted somebody not embarrassing to do it. Not <laughs> this guy. Well, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah there's a lot of stuff. You know, what? I'm not going to tread where I was about to say. So it's it's not going to end well for me. So I'm just going to say, <laughs> okay. I'm just going to say this is a lot. Sure. Like anytime you're saying what Adam is saying, though, it is rife with the opportunity to be misinterpreted and weaponized against you when you're like Trump did some good things and people are like, oh, oh, I see. Yeah, I see who you are now, pro Trump, and you're like, oh man, you don't know. <laughs> this is what what. This is almost the opposite of that, though. This is a case of two people being put in a situation where you feel sympathetic for them, and that's kind of the only part of the story we're getting. We're going to talk about Alexei Navalny first. To be fair, the plight of what's happened to him from a human suffering perspective is pretty horrific. 
Started sure. August 20th, 2020. He was hospitalized in the Siberian city of Omsk. The story could end there. But after falling ill and losing consciousness while on a flight over Siberia, that's when he was hospitalized. One of his spokespeople suggested he'd been poisoned. And Russia was like, yet we couldn't find any poison in his body. You're lying. So then his people are like, all right, well, we want to fly him to Germany. And again, Russia was like, please don't. Maybe, maybe don't do that. Yeah. Why do you need that? We already said we already said there's no poison. Despite those objections, they airlift him to Germany. And at a hospital in Germany, of course, doctors do find that he'd been poisoned. Wow. These findings were later confirmed by labs in France and Sweden. Russia rejected it, obviously. They also suggested that he was working for the CIA, which, yeah, probably. But who isn't? I mean, sure. Yeah. And they're like, this guy we didn't poison is probably working for the CIA that we know of. <laughs> yeah. I, there are so many Russian poisonings. I thought this one happened a long time ago. <laughs> it, this is a, this is a when, when it came back up in the news, I thought it was that guy who got poisoned with polonium uh two twelve or whatever that was called. Yeah, this is the this is the twenty twenty remaster. <laughs> <laughs> Remix. Yeah, I think that guy's name was Screeball or something like that was his last yes. name. Yeah, Screech. I think so too. Screech. And I think was, he's no well R.I.P. R.I.P. to a legend. R.I.P. I think he's the one where not only did he get poisoned, but the poison they used was in a spray bottle that looked like perfume. And they just, mm -hmm. as responsible Soviet spies, and I don't know why I said Soviet, that shit <laughs> sailed a long time ago, but they just discarded this spray bottle of poison on the ground. And a couple that was out walking in the park found it. And the woman was like, oh, and sprays it on her neck. And she got poisoned too. Uh. That's, that's it's not see, funny. No, that's that's but, not. Like, yes, it is. <laughs> like, it's I mean, not, okay, it is. I understand that we're saying that it's not funny because she either died or got very ill. But like, that's hilarious. It yeah. didn't happen to me. Right. So it's very funny. <laughs> if you saw somebody slip on a banana peel and fall down a flight of stairs, you'd be like, that's the funniest shit I've ever seen. And then <laughs> somebody goes, they broke their neck. And you're like, well, I'm sorry that that's what it took. But it still is the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It's like Michael Bay style Russian spycraft. It's have like you, what he would write. Have oh, you yeah. seen a human being get hit by a car? Like a like a yes. pedestrian <laughs> get hit by a car? Okay. Now that's awful. But how fucking funny did that look? Jeff, as a child, I saw a fellow child get hit by a garbage truck. And Jesus. it was the funniest thing I've ever seen because that kid was fine. They like flew through the air about three feet and just landed on their hands and knees. Like there was literally no injuries. So it's still one of the, I can still crisply see it in my mind. I have no idea where this fucking garbage truck came from. It just appeared in fucking public hit. works. Yeah. I know somebody whose grandfather died by getting hit by a bus while on a moped. Now <laughs> that's <laughs> awful, but also, yeah. come on, like that's, you know, RIP to a legend, but at the same time, sometimes <laughs> people die hilariously. We can't discount that. I mean, it's yeah. what the Darwin uh, it's, Awards it's, are for. It's true. I mean, yeah, it, it reminds me of an uncle who took me for a motorcycle ride and pointed out all the spots where he wrecked his motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> and then and then the next week was paralyzed in a motorcycle accident in that same spot. So, you know, not funny. Sometimes but also these things. <laughs> 
Wow. A little kind a little of funny, kind of I funny. Guess. I have two cousins who died in motorcycle accidents. It's very rude of you to bring that up without a trigger warning. Oh, same, geez. but yeah. uh, but yeah. heroin overdoses. <laughs> the motorcycle accident of the Northeast. Heroin yeah. overdoses. <laughs> yeah. No one's buying motorcycles up there. They got to buy opiates. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to this fun shit. So after he gets poisoned, there's all this back and forth where he's like, you poisoned me. And Rush is like, no, we didn't. At one point, he releases a phone call where he literally tricks an FSB agent into confessing to poisoning him. <laughs> and FSB is what the KGB became. They're Russia's intelligence right. agency. And Russia says that's fake. And then around Meanwhile, this- that agent is very disappeared. It was a goof. Yeah, can't you see that the agent has been dead for weeks now? He's <laughs> got a bottle of poison next to him. It's in a fucking nice, nice perfume like, bottle. He, he, bottle of <laughs> Tiffany's perfume right next to him. He, he was, he uh, how you say, crank yanker. <laughs> he liked the smell very good. He also, around this same time, says he will not give Putin the pleasure of him living in exile and vows to return to Russia, which... Mm-hmm. Man, if I lived in Russia, the first chance I got to get out of there, I'd be like, yeah. England? Sure. Yeah, take me. Did, I'm going to be honest, didn't help Trotsky. <laughs> no. True. That dude made it to Mexico and died with a nice pick in his brain. <laughs> Russia yeah. doesn't fuck around, man. I'm telling you, man. I mean, you you know what? Russian history was like my concentration in, in college and stuff. It's like the majority of my degree is Russian history. Say something in Russian. Not See? Very good. Yeah, I believe you now. So on January 17th of this year, Alexei Navalny tries to fly home, except in a move he should have seen coming, his flight was diverted to another airport and he was arrested (laughs) upon landing. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal, Putin. (laughs) Yeah. Classic rookie move. You you never expect to land at one airport when you're an expat coming to Russia. But it's not like they treated him unfairly once they took him into custody. He had a, a trial. He had a he had a court hearing. It was held at a police station on the outskirts of Moscow. <laughs> and it, and the judge was one of the doctors that said he didn't have shit in the blood. <laughs> what? So, I have two jobs in this economy. So he's he's at this hearing. He's scheduled to thirty days of pre-trial detention, meaning he's going to have a trial soon. But he's still in jail right now. Before he was apprehended, though, or before he was taken into custody, he was able to release a video to his followers. Very inspiring stuff here. Don't be afraid. Take to the streets. Don't go out for me. Go out for yourself and your future. And Jeff, Olivia, they did. Tens of thousands of protesters took to the streets for two consecutive weeks, and by that I mean two consecutive Sundays, to protest the arrest of Alexei Navalny more than 5,000 of them are reported to have been detained across Russia, along with Navalny's wife and dozens of journalists. Tragic. Real tragic. outrage. The backbone of Russia. Well, we're going to link people to an LA Times article about this incident because I want to show people how the West views these incidents. Here's the headline of this LA Times article. Op-ed. Alexei Navalny has become a profile in courage. This puts the Kremlin in a quandary. And right in the first paragraph, they talk about Russian autocrats crushing dissent and call Navalny the most prominent opposition leader in Russia, which he might be. It certainly was a courageous thing to do 
to fly back and say, I'm not going to let Putin, the scariest person alive, win. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a bold move. That's for sure. And that's the thing about international news, though. I, I, I vehemently disagree with Trump that the media is the enemy of the people. But mm. the media doesn't always do their job that well. And especially when we're talking about stuff like this that could influence American foreign policy. Because right now, the, the line, the company line is Putin is evil and everyone else is good. It's us versus Putin. And that's just, that's just not, not the case here. And mm. it's, it's the kind of thing you, like, especially with international news, you want to look into it a little more before you just let headlines like this form your opinion. But before we get to why that is with Alexei Navalny, here's another quote. Navalny has managed to elude both exile and death as his profile continues to rise. German Chancellor Angela Merkel visited him in the hospital in Berlin, which, uh-oh. <laughs> You'll find out why the German Chancellor visiting Alexei Navalny in the hospital is concerning in a minute. Well, Germans don't have a history of bad judgment, so. Not that I can recall. No, not in my lifetime, at least. Yeah, that's got to be complicated for Merkel because she's like uh, the the biggest anti-Putin person on the planet, right? Like, mm-hmm. in, as far as leadership is concerned, she's like vehemently anti-Putin. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. And here is another quote. These are all very important quotes that we'll get back to. Authorities have moved to restrict the channels Navalny and his associates use to disseminate information and organize actions. Russia's media watchdog, Raskomnadzor, has threatened major social media companies with steep fines for failures to remove content that it contends solicits minors to participate in unsanctioned rallies. So now they're crushing dissent by way of stamping out freedom of speech. I think we can all agree. Not cool. Not cool, buddy. Not cool. Definitely nothing that would happen in the United States. Not even. Absolutely not. And the last quote. Navalny may not have a following large or organized enough to pose a near-term threat to Putin's rule, but he still has time to marshal support and play a historic role in Russia's political fate. So if you read that article, it seems like Alexei Navalny's a pretty good guy. And yeah. he is he is Russia's... Like, they really paint him like he is the Russian people's last hope to be freed right. from the evils and tyranny of Vladimir Putin. But he is also... But- a literal fucking Nazi. Oh. Uh-oh. What a twist. You shamalaned us. Who could have seen that <laughs> coming? Yeah, that's Anybody? not a twist that pops up anytime anymore. I would no, say who couldn't no. see that coming, and I, I would say uh, anybody that has studied Russian history. <laughs> <laughs> it is a world of extremes in the leadership there. Yeah, they, they stop just short of fanboying over Alexei Navalny for all this. But they stop way, 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 way short of mentioning his Nazi ties. And when I say he's Nazi, I don't mean like, oh, this guy has some beliefs that kind of parallel. No, he's a Nazi. Like he is a (laughs) registered card carrying Nazi and he is open about it. He is proud of it. Mm -hmm. There ain't nothing wrong with white pride, man. (laughs) Not in Russia. (laughs) That is is true. (laughs) There is a fantastic article on Salon.com about this by a writer named Danielle Ryan at Danielle Ryan J on Twitter. Throw her a follow. Why don't you? And here's the thing. Yes. Alexei Navalny is fighting. 
I feel like I've pronounced his name differently every time I've said it. And that I'm means just gonna, you got it right once. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm hey, just gonna yeah. keep doing it. Yeah, I'm bound Dif- to nail different it one time, of these times. A different time every time. He's a Nazi. Who cares? Right. <laughs> and so he's fighting against corruption in Russia. He opposes Putin. That's great. But sure, you you need more information than that to form your your profile and courage on this guy. Like if you ask the people who stormed the Capitol, they would tell you that they also oppose corruption and the sitting president. They are still telling us this. Mm. Doesn't make them heroes. Nope. Doesn't it though? Eh, depends wow. on who you're ask depends on who you're asking, I guess. Didn't know right. Jeff was part of the three percenters. Let me tell you, let me tell you, boy did we make <laughs> a, a real sharp turn on how much we love cops when those bastards got hurt in the Capitol. <laughs> uh, who who's we? <laughs> America. Yeah. Yeah. Not in, I. In Olivia's defense, we've we've podcasted about it before, and no. it's true. <laughs> no, still fuck the police, which is ob- yeah. which is the healthier way to approach it, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, in the case of Alexei Navalny, in addition to hating Putin and corruption, he also vehemently hates immigrants. If you can believe that, particularly immigrants wow. from the Caucasus and Central Asia. One of the things he hates Putin for, to quote that Salon article, is playing a part in the destruction of the traditional fabric of Russia. And when that's coming from someone who hates immigrants, you know exactly what he means. He means Russia is a white country for Russians. Which is fascinating to me because Russia is not that specifically like russia is is divided russia is european and asian and uh this is one of those things too that when you see somebody who who is putin which we we try not to think of it but you remember he is a tool of communist fascism essentially uh, from a communist dictatorship that was his glory days of of growing up and that is what he is continuing uh or trying to continue in russia as much as he can behind the curtain of a capitalist democracy now uh one of the interesting things about it though is that uh he uh if navalny here is going to hate communism and uh is going to hate sort of the soviet era that was brought in by lenin and a lot of people in russia hated lenin because he was asiatic like people seem to forget that lenin was not just some random white dude is that he uh was i believe half uh of the asian side and it was very prominent in his features yeah, and I, I mean, you see that here, too, where people are like, America's always been a white country. No, oh, has it? Yeah. No. Like, never. Like, it's never so. Yeah. It didn't start as a white country. Yeah, it That's started, goddamn It started sure. really tan. And but also, these kinds of uh, ethnocentric movements never have an actual rooting in, in real history. It's all in their imagined histories, uh, and there's no real... Uh, separation for them. Right. Alexei Navalny has participated in skinhead marches in Moscow. He's been the co-organizer of the Russian March, which is a parade that sports slogans like Russia for the Russians and stop feeding the Caucasus. He was expelled from a Russian liberal party for damaging their brand because (laughs) a colleague in that party later (laughs) accused him of using racial slurs on the regular so did did both of you have a chance to watch this video that we're going to link people to i sure did yeah i did initial thoughts anyone got any thoughts on it 
I, I have production thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I've got some notes, I would say. Looks like public access hatred. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like it's, if... Go ahead. The video, the video like, we're, we're going to link to, it's all in Russian. It is Alexei Navalny talking. And the rough translation of what he's saying in the video, he's comparing immigrants to cockroaches. But he says you can't kill immigrants with a shoe, so you have to use a gun. And at the end of that video, he is bull rushed by a gigantic cockroach and he shoots it. it. It's like an episode of The Soup, but instead of playing uh, reality show clips, he's just talking about how immigrants are like bugs. And then he shows clips from Men in Black. It's nuts. It's nuts. It, it's, it's good stuff. One of the, very wild. That is a very crazy video. So with all that in mind, let's reflect on a quote that we mentioned earlier in the episode. Here it goes. Authorities have moved to restrict the channels Navalny and his associates use to disseminate information and organize actions. Russia's media watchdog, Roskomnadzor, has threatened major social media companies with steep fines for failures, failures to remove content that it contends solicits minors to participate in unsanctioned rallies. Group activity. Let's brainstorm and see if we can come up with another country that treats Nazis in that manner. Uh, how about how the United about, States? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That is the exact thing we are doing in this country right now to people who think like Alexei Navalny. But also, at the same time, in the media, we're like, this guy's great. Why is Putin being so bad to him? Well, you see, the videos are in Russian, Adam. So the American outlets, how are they supposed to know what he's actually saying? It's not like, like anybody in America speaks Russian. Well, beyond that, though, no, I don't think you need to speak Russian to get the gist of that video. <laughs> I mean, I no. would have needed, I would You're have at least have needed with... to know that he, that he was talking about immigrants. Otherwise, it would have just been abstract. Nobody has ever posted a video with just a video of a cockroach and then holding up a gun. Like there's a 0% chance that's not about immigrants. What if at the end of the video, a phone number for an exterminator pops up and you're like, Oh, okay. I right. get it. See, it, that's but the it's thing. An like ethnic exterminator. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kind of. Uh, like, there's Jews in my basement. Oh and they're like, Oh, we'll take care of that real quick. And something else that comes up in this salon article is something we talked about on a podcast a couple years ago, back when we were covering the most recent Russian presidential election, which I'm sure all your favorite podcast networks did. But <laughs> what, we found two really interesting things. One, when it comes to how he treats the West, Putin was by far the most moderate candidate. There were like seven or eight people, and they all hate the United States significantly more than Vladimir Putin. And not just that, there's a whole segment of Russian society that as much as we view him as the enemy, they think he's too deferential to the West. Yeah, there's um, so a uh, funny story about Russia is it is uh, historically uh, centralized and it is very big on keeping its old ways. Uh, and all the way back to uh, Peter the Great was like really the first uh, Russian who, by the way, was like six foot eight 
in like the 1500s. He was like a fucking monster. <laughs> it was Jesus. crazy. Um, but so Peter the Great toured Europe and came and he liked it so much that he came back and started pushing pro-European Western ideals. And the Russians pushed back so hard. So he like he did shit like he instituted a beard tax because a big sign of Russian orthodoxy was having the big long beards. And so if you were to keep that sort of adherence to that religion you were taxed from it because he was really trying to stamp out russian ideas and turn russia more towards the west that idea has been pushed back for centuries against russian people they hate it yeah and all of this is is not to say putin is good like he's he's obviously a a problem but i am saying i can totally picture the united states ushering someone like alexei navalny to power and then right. when he starts executing immigrants a year into his reign, we're going to be like, hey, we didn't see that. What are you doing? <laughs> we didn't know you were going to. So we please stop. And then yeah. we'll just like sit there while he executes immigrants. And yeah, he's also yeah. like pretty young. So yeah. like, you don't want to you don't want to put somebody too young in power when they have, make YouTube videos of guns. Yeah, <laughs> just wanna, we'll, we'll just have to rule. depose him 45 years from now. So now let's talk about the next situation that's happening part two if you will now we're talking about Aung San Suu Kyi Ms. Suu Kyi as uh, magazines that cover international affairs would call her and way shorter so I'm I'm into that also she's in the news obviously because there was a military coup she was deposed from power but it's a little more complicated than that Myanmar is a very complicated place Right down to the name, which is also Burma. You can you can call it whatever you want. It, it really, I think it comes down to who's in charge, right? Like yeah. certain groups call it Myanmar and certain groups call it Burma. Yeah, I mean, that. I think that was a thing at one point, but I think they've kind of like, even now within the country, they've kind of let that go. Oh, good for them. Yeah, progress. Until about <laughs> 10 years ago, Myanmar had been under military rule for a long, long, long time. Decades. Yeah. And a very tight military rule, by the way. Yes. It, it, was a, it was a dystopian dictatorship kind of rule. Yeah. And the, like, the things that led to them finally having an election in 2011, not that interesting. What you need to know is they had an actual democratic election in 2011, and Aung San Suu Kyi and her party, the National League for, Dem- for Democracy, won that election. And they've been in power in one form or another ever since. And the thing about her, she's been a political figure as far back as 1988 when she gave a speech in Burma following the 8888 uprising calling for a democratic government in Burma. The military declined politely. Yeah, they were like pass. Thank you. Like like Um, she asked them for an autograph. No, 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 (laughs) thank you. I'm working. So after this letdown, she was inspired to start the National League for Democracy in September 88. Unfortunately, her political career was cut short and she was placed under house arrest right like a year after she starts that party. And then she was released not long thereafter and then placed under house arrest again. Just Still when she of... thought she was out. <laughs> they pulled me back in. <sighs> this led to lots of international outcry and in 1990, a Nobel Peace Prize. They gave her a Nobel Peace Prize because she was she's a Buddhist. So She's all about nonviolence, but put a big goddamn asterisk next to that sentence because not really. So in the name of keeping this podcast from being four hours long, 
what you need to know is this kicked off a 21-year period where she is in and out of house arrest to the point that she spends 15 of the next 21 years in total under house arrest. Wow. What is Which, what was it? The COVID-19 pandemic? <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. The COVID oh. revolution. <laughs> and when she wasn't under house arrest, the government routinely tried to assassinate her and somehow always managed to fail. Which is funny. <laughs> that is very yeah. – you had six whole years. <laughs> I feel like at a certain point you just give up. What if there was an attempt every day of those six years she was out? <laughs> She's like the goddamn roadrunner. Yeah. I would watch that movie. Just a fucking coyote painting tunnels trying to kill her. <laughs> So starting around the end of the 2000s, international demands to free her start getting really intense. And in November 2010, she was freed. Shortly thereafter, she reforms her political party and announces her intention to run. Her I would like to add that this is mostly due to um, Rambo 4, also known as Rambo, and the results of that coming out in, what, like 2008? 2008. Right. Yeah, no, like they, definitely. That's a big, it's a big push. It pushed it yeah. pushed the situation in Myanmar over the edge for sure. That's the same yeah. year they wrote the military wrote a new constitution. When which Sylvester is actually, Stallone, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I no, was go ahead. Make a dumb joke. No, oh, so was I. I was going to say there's a copy of that constitution in the special edition Blu-ray of Rambo Four, <laughs> which a I have. <laughs> so she won one of the seats in that 2012 election. In a subsequent 2015 election. She obtained the role of state counselor and became the de facto leader of Myanmar or Myanmar for real. That's another thing. Their political system, state counselor is basically president. And that's a new thing. And I don't know why they called it that. But she's the leader. Cool. And uh, the problem is she and the leader of the military, General Min Ong Lang, do not get along at all. And they barely spoke after her election. So mm. when she took office... She was kind of in the position Maduro was in in Venezuela, where the people were really mad about corruption and just the, the general state of living in Venezuela. And they know that most of that corruption is coming from the military and the entire world would love if Maduro would do something about that. But if he does something about that, the military will probably hang him in the streets. Sure. So... What do you do? It's a pickle. It sure is. And she's kind of in the same spot. Like the military, they have a history of being just brutally oppressive to the people. But also she wants to stay in charge. So Yeah, man, you, gotta, you, know, you got that brass ring. You're going to get rid of it just because you're yeah. going to get massacred and a bunch of people are getting, you know, villagers are being murdered and people are being conscripted into child armies and shit like that. What's a, what's a child army? Between yeah. opponents. What are they going to do? I could take some kids out. They, they, they probably have AK-47s, though. I mean, if I have one, too, I bet I'm a better shot than a kid. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I actually, I don't know. Have you ever played Call of Duty against a 12-year-old? Uh, they That's have fair. intense hand-eye coordination. That's that a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, great. Now I know I'm going to get killed by child soldiers. <laughs> there you Just go. Like Sorry, the rain on your parade. Just like that fortune teller said would happen. <laughs> <laughs> So this has obviously been a tense situation between her and the military, and it got even more tense last year when there was another election and her political party won in a landslide like by way more than anyone expected. So the military was like, 
no, probably not. We think that's fake. And <laughs> that's the difference between a bunch of internet morons coming to that decision and deciding to act and the military coming to that decision and deciding <laughs> to act. When the military does it, you're leaving you're out of power. Like you're yeah. you're done. And so they they took her into custody and the military is back in power. They said they are going to have elections once things are back to normal. The last time they seized power and said they were going to have elections when things got back to normal, 20 years was when those elections happened, two decades later. Cool. But to be fair, things were pretty abnormal. So it might have taken 20 years. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't really getting a lot of organization going on in the meetings. <laughs> and here's the key to this, I think. General Min Ong Lang was facing retirement this year, mandatory retirement. If he was to step down, he'd be at risk of facing prosecution for something we'll talk about a little bit later. And it was probably that concern, along with Sue Key's desire to rewrite this constitution that the military drafted in 2008 that compelled them to launch this coup. And it seems like it's worked for now. Congratulations. They're doing, they're doing great, man. They're doing great. Good for you yeah. guys. Yeah. They're living Congratulations. Their best life. Congratulations, Tat Madao. That's what the Myanmar military is called. Good for them. Yeah. And so how does the Western media see this? The United States responded to this immediately with Joe Biden threatening sanctions if Suu Kyi isn't returned to power. And it doesn't really get any more clear than that. Sanctions are the thing we do when we don't want to go to war but might have to. Like, we try sanctions right. first. And usually, once we starve enough of a country's poor people, <laughs> we eventually lift those sanctions. Yeah. Sanctions are a, it's a great little way to be like, hey, cut it out. Cut it out. Cut, cut, cut. I, lo I love diplomacy. And the... <sighs> So here's the thing. We're, we're very upset about this coup. We want this woman restored to power. And this does actually get mentioned a little bit when this story comes up, unlike Alexei Navalny being a Nazi. But Aung San Suu Kyi oversaw a genocide in her country. Genocide! Genocide! I don't have the air horn anymore. Burr, 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 burr. There it is. It started in October 2016 with a crackdown on Rohingya Muslims. If you can believe knew, it. They knew we weren't looking. Yeah. October we had, 2016, we, we had a different focus at the time. <laughs> we had our own fish to fry. Yeah, this is like hearing your parents fight, so you're like, well, now I can get into the cookie jar. <laughs> yeah. They ain't looking. They knew everybody was and, looking at Hillary's emails. This genocide is basically them acting out. It's like, you know, those kids... Those kids, when parent, when mom and dad aren't looking, they get themselves involved in a little genocide here and there. Ah, those kids. Uh, kids absolutely. Kids. Kids What's kids. a little genocide between friends? The Rohingya Muslims have, if you can believe this, actually been a persecuted minority in Myanmar since at least the 1970s. Goes way, way, way back. Good for them for sticking around. Yeah. I know most countries are usually pretty cool. When it comes to, to Muslims yeah. moving, yeah. moving to town. Small groups Every, of Muslims. Everybody else loves their Muslim minorities. I don't know why <laughs> this is any different. And this crackdown in 2016, it lasted until January 2017 and resulted in the Myanmar military being accused of a whole litany of atrocities, extrajudicial killings, summary executions, 
gang rapes and fanticide, burning down villages, all the classic genocide and ethnic cleansing stuff. There was a brief lull in the violence between January and July 2017, but in August, campaigns started up again, and it hasn't stopped yet. It was it like halftime? Did the military just get orange slices? We did a podcast. We did a podcast episode about this also, and it was there were negotiations between these two sides that were fighting, and in August, those negotiations broke down. It's well, like what do the Muslims have to bring to the table? Be like, if you stop killing us, we promise to stop leaving our dead bodies all over your street. (laughs) Well, it's the typical terrorism quandary where. Myanmar is like, hey, you are doing some terrorism stuff. Will you stop? And they're like, we're doing it because of what you're doing to us. Will you stop? And they're like, no, of course we're not going to stop because you're doing what you're doing. <laughs> Why would we stop? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that they were sense. doing the, ter- the, the terrorism thing. I didn't know that was also They're being a part accused of, okay. of being terrorists. I mean, right. they're Muslims. Of course they're going to be accused of being terrorists. That's the first thing countries do when they want to get rid of their Muslim population. They say, oh, they're terrorists. <laughs> This one guy killed this other guy. Obviously, they're terrorists. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Genocide. Are, are, they, are they engaged in um, like freedom fighting stuff? Yeah. It, I okay. mean, a, a lot of this has been basically wars, and it's happening in mostly one area, which is Rakhine State or Rakhine State. Newt Rakhine State. The thing is, even if the Rohingya Muslims are engaging in terrorism, here's what has happened to them since this crackdown started. Okay. 24,000 Rohingya people killed, 18,000 women raped or otherwise sexually assaulted, 116,000 beaten, 36,000 thrown into fires, 700 of killed. Right. 700,000 refugees have fled the country. And now let's talk about how Aung San Suu Kyi has responded to this because obviously as a Nobel Prize winner, She's going to denounce this violence because she, remember, won that Nobel Prize because she's a Buddhist and she believes in nonviolence. So you would expect that she came out and at least said something about this. But no, at first, she absolutely refused to say anything about it when she took office. And that alone prompted the international community to be like, hey, give that Nobel Prize back. She's wearing and, it around her neck like Flavor Flav. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, they should have seen this coming because she's been treating this situation that way for years and years and years. Like all throughout the 2010s, there was a campaign against the Rohingya Muslims in 2012. She didn't say shit about that. In 2013, she told a BBC reporter named Michal Hussein that she couldn't condemn violence against Rohingya Muslims because... There was violence on both sides. She had even previously said something along the lines of like that she didn't even know that they would could be considered citizens. Which right. Is a, that's a that's a big that's a big old red flag. Classic. After speaking of red flags, after the interview, she complained to the BBC because she was interviewed by a Muslim. She didn't like that. Cool. In 2015, the damn Dalai Lama publicly called upon her to say something about the persecution even visited her personally twice. And she was like, nope. To be fair, he doesn't get a lot of what he wants in politics. <laughs> Very true. That is true. Like he, it, it he's, does. He, he's morally. It takes some brass balls. Yeah, he, he flexes pretty morally, but he, does he get a lot done politically? I mean, who owns Tibet still? 
it, it just takes some brass balls to be a Muslim, uh, not to, sorry, to be a Buddhist and have the Dalai Lama personally ask you not to, to stop doing something. And you'll be like, yeah, okay, I'll take it under advisement, I guess. I mean, there's lots of Christians that are existing that way with the Pope these days. Oh, I mean, well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Catholics, sure. It, the Pope's like, it, no, we don't just, believe any of this. And then they're like, but we do. Yeah, this no, woman is a Buddhist, and the Dalai Lama shows up. That's like Jesus walking in the room. <laughs> is she? And she's his, like, like, fuck you, Jesus. But is she his sect I, of of uh, Buddhism? But like, I'm not a Buddhist. But if the Dalai Lama said, "Hey, you you should stop this. It's bad," I probably would stop whatever it was just out if of fucking, pure guilt. Yeah, but if like. Fucking David Geffen walked in and told me that. I'd be like, mm, David Geffen's seen some shit, so I should probably. It's true, yeah. I mean, but what if the Dalai Lama told you to stop doing something? You Like, if the Dalai Lama came up to me and he's like, you should stop eating meat, I'd be like, mm, I'm not going to listen to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I saw it in the books, not. pal. You didn't get me yeah. then, and you're not going to get me now. He'd have to be asking me to do something cool. Yeah, like, let's, I mean, go, if... let's go learn how to surf. I'd be like, fuck yeah, Dalai Lama. I've been waiting for that. Not me. He's such he's such a nice old man. I would probably be swayed, and I love meat. Wait till but... you get to the third part of this uh, episode where we talk about the shit that Dalai <laughs> Lama has done. Yeah, I mean, yeah, set... it's not like there isn't shit, but you know, you walked right into that. So let's keep running through her transgressions as it pertains to this <laughs> genocide. In 2016, she got mad at the U.S. ambassador to Myanmar for naming the Rohingya Muslims by name. Because they, quote, are not recognized as among the 135 official ethnic groups in Myanmar. I would like to add that U.S. <laughs> ambassador to Myanmar might be one of the most stressful job titles I could possibly imagine. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, that would that would not be great. Yeah, Especially that... not while a genocide's happening. Yeah, that's <laughs> not like fucking Canada or Sweden or some shit where it's just like kind of like a like, a, oh, we have good relations, right? Let's, let's just keep that shit going. There's going to be food. Yeah. No, no this is like, hey, is that, are you doing a genocide over there? And they're like, don't you dare bring that up no. or we will genocide you. It's machete practice, sir. <laughs> as far as like 135 official, officially recognized ethnic groups, the same with her saying that she can't say whether they are citizens. It's like, but like they, they live, they live there. They're, they're there. See, yeah. look, For a long time. There, there, there they are. So you know, the you, science is out. You have 135. Why not 136? That's nope. also going to be feel real bad for those Muslims. That's mean. You're not letting them sit at the table. <laughs> Maybe it's in their constitution. Only 135 ethnic groups. <sighs> oh, in yeah. The country at one time. That's, it's a, that's COVID, the problem. It's a COVID thing. That's a hell of right, a short yeah. straw to draw. <laughs> I got to tell you. So in 2017, she had two Reuters journalists arrested for covering the Rohingya crisis. That same year, when asked why she wasn't going to attend a UN debate about the humanitarian crisis in her country, a representative replied, perhaps she has more pressing matters to deal with. That's some cold-blooded shit right there. Like, like a genocide. Yeah, that's a harsh quote. Jesus. I like how the UN's like, well, I guess we have uh, no other choice but to let you to continue doing what you are doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Joe Biden... We're, we're issuing these sanctions now, and we I think we also issued sanctions during the genocide, but like sanctions, like we're, we're just going to, we're just going to let people get 
murdered? It, and yes, we always do. Of course we are. I, I think yeah. that idea has been pulled out very well. I think Team America did a great version of that where they had the the inspector at Kim Jong-il's place. And he's like, and what if I decide to, that I don't want to listen to you? He's like, well, then we'll have a meeting and then we will say that you are very bad in public. <laughs> And he's like, all right. When we talk about what the United States should do beyond sanctions, I think we could all also agree that uh, military intervention in other countries' domestic problems has not worked out for us like super great in the past. Wow. Uh, Add new so, to the list, I guess. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, no, I'll, I guess you hate And I'll America. add that to the list. Yeah, I'll add that to the list of lists that I'm on. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, like, I, I just, it's just, you know, America, we're not good at um, delicate tasks. We all, we're basically just a big hammer. We're, and yeah, so I don't know. It, scalpel, yeah. It's worth noting. We're talking about a woman who was once given an award by the United States Holocaust Museum. Yeah. They, they should give that one Real back. quick, though. What award? <laughs> best, what the best, most best, holocausty. Yeah. Best genocidist yeah. of the year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it like a, like a retro, like a, like a bringing it back award, you know? Or... <laughs> yeah. They took that award back in 2018. If you can believe that. Good. Wow. Most of the people who gave her awards took them back, although the Nobel Committee doesn't have the ability or mechanism to do that. And I think it's probably because there's also a substantial financial award. Like you can't just yeah. fire off an invoice and tell her to give you the one point three million back. <laughs> I gotta get, but at man, the same time, surely they could take the medal back. I never wanted a Nobel Prize until I heard about that money. If you work for the Nobel Committee, do you want to? Yeah, you go venture into Myanmar to take back her fucking Nobel Peace Prize. Did you Prize? not see well, Rambo well, Four? I was just about to say this is where Sylvester Stallone comes back in. We'll no, get him. No, we've had enough of Rambo after his boomer porn of Rambo Five. That Adam and I saw. Adam and I saw that shit in the theater, and we were like, "Oh man!" Made me very All angry. Of- that it's propaganda. <laughs> All of those movies, except for the first one, are boomer propaganda. <laughs> That's what they all are. What are you guys talking about? That's also an excellent counterpoint yeah, now that you mentioned Fair it. enough, but those ones are good. <laughs> <laughs> good? Okay. okay. All right, snob. Turn your nose wow. up yeah, at great no, classic I'm sorry. American I only, cinema. I love, the, I love the first First Blood, first blood rules. But uh, and first blood part movie. two, which also should never be the name mm. of a movie. First blood <laughs> Rambo, part two. first blood part two, <laughs> Rambo three. Great, we helped Afghanistan like we always do. Oh, yeah, and I it was dedicated Rambo's... to the Taliban, which was nice. I liked Rambo's earlier work when he was more bluesy and raw, like when he got more corporate <laughs> later on. The Dennehy years, I recall. Sure, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a great box set. The Rambo Dennehy years box set, classic <laughs> eight it's vinyl just... LPs. Of just him going, it was wow. a war. <laughs> so all of this culminates in Aung San Suu Kyi going to the International Criminal Court in 2019 to personally defend the Myanmar military against accusations of genocide. She wrote a 3,000-word speech, didn't mention the name Rohingya even once. I feel like that was like one of those, like a Hemingway challenge. Yeah, <laughs> probably. You think Call she? You think she regrets that. that? I mean, 
probably now, now that that same <laughs> military has rounded her up and put her in prison. And that's why I don't give a shit about this. This is yeah. basically the Cloverfield monster getting eaten by all those smaller monsters that fell off. Uh, like, the, big those, yeah. fucking deal. Those smaller monsters had little AK-47s when they fell down. <laughs> that would have made it a very interesting film. And now Lizzie Kaplan's going to explode. Yeah, right. and, and T.J. Miller's going to have a robust career for was, the next decade. I was going to say, That's, instead yeah. of T.J. Miller, <laughs> we lost Lizzie Kaplan, and that is Ugh. that is the worst trade I can imagine. That Truly. Is, that is tragic. Nightmarish consequences down the road. But we did so, get 10 Cleverfield Lane out of it. That it's is true. Movie. So, yeah, I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't care that the de facto leader of <laughs> Myanmar has been deposed by the yeah. military that she apologized for when they were <laughs> slaughtering men, women, and children. Fuck yeah. this. She can stay locked up. Now yeah. I give take her shit. Nobel Peace Prize back. Yeah. Yeah, I give a, a shit odd. about the Rohingya Muslims. Like, yeah. Yes. Because yes. they're, yeah. they're literally in and out of the frying pan into the fire situation. No, like, yeah. It, when I say exactly. I don't give a shit about this, I mean her being taken right. into custody oh, by absolutely. the military. Yeah, 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 no. Who gives a shit? She had, and it's because of the Rohingya Muslims that I don't give a shit. Yeah, she's about exactly. her being taken she's into had custody. Thirty-three years of political activity to be like, maybe genocide is not the thing we should do, and she has yeah. knocked it. She has uh, just consistently knocked it out of the park. Uh, if you like genocide, she's like she in the should Hall of fame. She should take this opportunity to go off somewhere quiet, meditate for a little while on you know her choices in life and maybe see what might have led to this point i would like to see the dalai lama show up and be like you want to listen to me yeah. now bitch hey yeah <laughs> i tried to tell you i tried to tell you he just takes her nobel prize snatches it off her neck <laughs> yeah they should send him to get chain. it <laughs> they're fighting like the at the source awards <laughs> <laughs> dalai lama's just stomping her out yeah all right, so that's our episode. Yay! I hope I hope oh. we I hope we shed a lot of light on things happening around the world because the news isn't going to do it for you. It seems like fake news. Yeah. Fake news. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? As always, patreoncom slash unpops, unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech. You can get bonus episodes. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Todd Brown. Olivia, what do you got to plug? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at hi there hidar. Uh, also check me out on Twitch, uh, where I'm gonna be doing some game streaming. We gotta start doing shit. Wow, on Twitch. We were gonna do Twitch, man. We we were gonna do it, and then we just we like, both forgot. got these new computers. Guys, now we gotta do it. Got, gotta guys, let's do some Twitch. Let's do we some Twitch. Twitch. You know what people Twitch want with from me. Twitch? Two men in or around their forties playing video games and talking shit on each other. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know who wouldn't want that. It's about time someone made some content for the white male. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's about Especially time, on Twitch. It's about time people like us spoke to people like us, you know? Speaking yeah. of content for white males, Jeff, what do you got to plug? Oh, well, let me tell you, <laughs> Sideshow, Sideshow is every other Tuesday through Sideshow Collectibles. Uh, my most recent guest, the very talented uh, Riley Silverman. My next guest, I believe, is Paul Walter Hauser. Um, so that's oh, a like, that fi guy. finally got his ass nailed uh, nailed down to scheduling. That was a tough uh -huh. one to get. 
Turns out it's Congrats. hard when you're working on movies. Also, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman is every Wednesday on the Gamefully Unemployed Network. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time live, you can see Unsealed and Revealed on the Sideshow Collectibles, uh, social media and YouTube and all that stuff. And, of course, Adam doesn't even like sports. The sports podcast for Adam, who doesn't like sports. It's about sports. how Jeff doesn't even like sports. Uh, you don't even like you sports. You don't even like sports. No, Adam doesn't even You don't like even sports. like sports. Olivia doesn't like sports. <laughs> that That's is true. I, I don't like sports. <laughs> you don't even like sports, Olivia. Nope. Um, no, I but don't. Check that out. That is a fan favorite show, and you should be listening to it. Did you guys know that several people killed a guy? Yeah, several athletes have killed a guy. And we talk yeah, about that. I did know that. Mm, we talk about that a lot. There's a lot of fun. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Olivia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Jeff, say goodbye. You get the genocide rookie card, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Two continents.